Welcome to the James Exchange, all things Scottsville and our surrounding communities. I am your host, Nancy Gill. This episode has been a tough one to track down details on. The question on the table is whether or not our town council limits public speech to only those who live within the boundaries of Scottsville. This was brought to council's attention at their last public meeting on Monday, October 18th by Matthew Holt. He mentioned several items I will address in his comments during the public session period of the meeting. I have left timestamps in the text so anyone can go to recordings, whether on public meetings or my podcast, to hear the discussion for themselves. Hey, Matthew, tell everybody who you are. I'm Matthew Holtz. I work here. Um, I just had something I wanted to kind of bring up. You notice it was happening yet for the two planning meetings ago. And what happened was the uh, sherry was reported, and the question was whether or not the people that were against whatever was uh, the upper bird, whoever was against it, or the rezoning, take it back, uh, whether or not they were residents. That was the first time I ever really heard that. And then at the next meeting, anyone who spoke had to say whether or not they were residents. And then at the planning meeting, anyone who spoke publicly had to give their address. So it seems to be, at least the way I can look at it, it seems to me that there's a segregation of public opinion or the possibility. And I wanted to point out that Scottsville financially exists because of the greater Scottsville area and the support it receives from people outside the town. We know for good reason the residents don't support the town financially with their taxes. We know that. We got a levy out of it. We got a lot of good services from Malmar County. We know that. There's no argument for that. But without the support of the greater Scottsville area, I don't believe our town exists. And I really don't think that their voices should be segregated out. Just for me, I work here in town. On my side of the road, there's one building that's owned by the person who runs the business. But his residence in Charlottesville. This side of the road, one person owns the building that his business is in. His residence is in Buckingham. We go down Main Street, there's about three buildings owned by the people that run their businesses. None of them are residents. So if you want to segregate out the voice of non-residents, then you probably segregate out the Chamber of Commerce. You probably segregate out all the businesses and the people who come here and support. Now, I've been coming to these meetings since January and I don't remember a discussion as to whether or not non-residents or residents had different weight. It was suggested to me that was a, those that have a vote have a voice. So I'm hoping that's not happening. But I really think if you were going to segregate it, that it should be a discussion. There should be a motion. There should be a second. And then you should vote for public record. But if not, then I don't think it's really right to sit there and decide or make people announce whether or not they're residents. We're all from the Scottsville area. We all financially support here. We come here and set up our businesses. We take our chances to set up our businesses. We do a lot of stuff. I just don't believe in the town. 
Thank you, Matthew. Uh, it's a good point that you make, and I think what uh, we should do perhaps is uh, either next work session or one of the next couple of work sessions, we'll have that on our list of things to talk about. And I know you usually come to the work sessions too, so you'll be able to uh, listen to that conversation. So uh, we will let you know, you can check with uh, before the work session with Matt or Thomas and find out if we're gonna talk about it that particular uh, second Monday in uh, November, or we're gonna wait till December to do it. Okay, thank you for bringing that forward. For the record, 515 Valley Street is currently owned by a town resident where he is running a very successful restaurant. I know this is a minor detail, but in our world of fact being fiction and fiction being fact, I want to know the real fact. In a previous podcast titled Scottsville, Who Are We? I spoke to many of the comments regarding the greater Scottsville area and who supports the town. Additionally, the Chamber of Commerce has been an agenda item on the town's work session for several years. This leads me to the phrase, segregation of public opinion. Matthew used this to illustrate the procedure of requesting speakers at public sessions and public hearings to state their name and address. This is purely procedural and is for the public record. It has been in practice before I started serving on council in 2006. With my experience on council and as mayor, along with conversations I have had with Sherry Lambert, I have never experienced segregating the voice. We have listened to everyone who has wanted to speak before any body, whether elected or appointed. Everyone's comments and concerns have been taken into consideration. I understand the point that is being made and have had numerous discussions with Thomas Unsworth on what the Code of Virginia states on this. I have also spoken with Claudette Borgeson, the clerk for the Board of Supervisors. The upshot is, and I reiterate, this is a procedural issue for localities to work out. Claudette did inform me that the General Assembly's requirement is that municipalities need to have quarterly public sessions for constituents to speak at. Other than that, the Code of Virginia is silent on this issue. Albemarle does have a participation guide which can be accessed on their website at this address, and it is www.albemarle.org slash government slash board hyphen of hyphen supervisors slash public hyphen meeting hyphen participation hyphen guide. Perhaps it is time Scottsville puts pen to paper on this issue because in today's political and racially charged climate, we do not need any rhetoric suggesting segregation of any kind perceived or real. In fairness, I will be reaching out to Matthew to have a conversation with him on this. I was somewhat confused when Matthew credited Sherry Lambert with reporting on how many non-residents spoke at the public hearing on the special use applications for the Byrd and Blenheim proposals. She reported on this after being asked the question by Councillor Gritzko. It surprises me that this was not corrected after Matthew spoke. On my October 4th podcast, I had a conversation with Sherry and asked 
specifically how she would handle non-residents who wished to speak before the Planning Commission. The following is an excerpt. You know, we're a very small town of 600, but yet we serve between 15 and 20,000 in a 10 to 15 mile radius of Scottsville. And decisions that are made right here by the Planning Commission and Town Council impact these people as well, not just the 600 people living here. So how do you recognize the voice of someone not living in the town versus the one that does live in the town? I think because of my very wide background and working with people of all walks of life, many nations in the world, all kinds of different uh, social status that I've learned to hear wisdom, no matter the voice. And then when people take the time to share things with me, that sometimes you have to pick the meat off and spit out the bones for a lack of a better term. <laughs> because, you know, there are times that things are very emotional. The topics are emotional. And I do understand that there has been some history, especially surrounding development, that has caused some problems and some hurt and some offense in the past. But one thing that I have tried to explain to people that approach me is that I cannot do anything about the wrongs that have been done in the past or the offenses because I wasn't involved. But I definitely have something that I can do to change their experience going forward. And I believe for everyone, the 600 plus citizens of downtown Scottsville, as well as our larger community that encompasses that 14 to 20,000 people, that it's important to hear them. And if people feel like they're heard and seen, then, then they're willing to partner. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a partnership. You have some very outspoken people that don't live in the town, but they have very strong opinions about what's happening in the town. So I take my hat off to you for giving them the voice as you have uh, residents and you have given to your, your commissioners. Well, thank you, Nancy. I really, I really do appreciate when people come and share their ideas with me and their thoughts. And I just feel so privileged right now to have such a great group of colleagues to do this work with. I feel very just encouraged by the strength of the current commission. There's a wide variety of backgrounds and experience as well as with town council and the staff that we have, which is just five star. I, I just tip my hat to both Mr. Lawless and Mr. Unsworth and they are a huge help to the planning commission. So I just, I think we're poised for a really great group that know how to work in harmony with each other and know how to hear each other. And that's that's a huge part of what we do. I saw some time uh, public hearing. Time yes. on your, uh, agenda. Yes, in fact, people have asked me, are you trying to limit free speech by <laughs> making a timed agenda? And actually, no, I'm not. I'm trying to do the opposite. And that is to avail by using time wisely. 
an opportunity where more and more people can voice their concerns, whether it's coming forward to the microphone or tomorrow night, they're going to see something new introduced where I'll be handing out note cards to everyone who do not feel comfortable standing up, but can write their question, have it brought forward, and we will read every question that we get, whether that be something that someone types in on Zoom or there in public. And so hopefully we'll have a lot of engagement where people feel like they can be seen and heard. On another topic, at the October 18th meeting, Sherry reported the following report of the Planning Commission. Ms. Lambert, the uh, Planning Commission, what's going on? We've had a few things this week just since the work session that have come up. Um, one of the days last week, uh, Mayor Ron and Mr. Lawless and myself met with a local developer that has some land uh, that they own here, quite a few acres. And they're looking actually to develop it into uh, affordable, not affordable, but mixed income homes. And uh, had a discussion with them about that. We don't have a lot of details yet. We look forward to actually um, finding out more about that. We also received a, a confirmation letter from Habitat for humanity, they were reaching out to the town many months ago, about six months ago, but they've confirmed that they do want to uh, and are willing to do a project in Scottsville partnering with the developer. So that was good news to hear as well. And we also have um, begun conversations with Virginia Land Company about reducing the density on their special use permit for Bird Street. And so we are in conversation about that as well. For those of you who are interested, there is a special meeting of the Planning Commission on Tuesday, October 26, starting at 7 o'clock. Agenda item number two is discussion on public comment and engagement practices. I certainly hope our town attorney has been brought into the conversation on this topic because it is time for procedural steps to be written and put into the public record for Scottsville. To this point, I completely agree with Matthew. By the way, did everyone catch the irony of Mayor Smith asking, okay, Matthew, tell everybody who you are. The agenda is in the text of this podcast. Have a great weekend, and I will be back next week with an episode on the proposed convenience center slated for the Keene area. Have a great week.